Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week's episode, we look into how the Jewish people cannot talk about their own history. Let's get started. As many of our podcast listeners know from previous episodes, I am an educator by profession. The month of May, according to my school board, is Jewish Heritage Month. This month has been established by school boards to educate young people about the history of the Jewish people, who they are, how they got here, and what contributions they've made to our communities, countries, and the world. I have by somewhat default, and partially because of my knowledge and passion for Jewish history, been chosen to find and create resources for the mostly non-Jewish students at my school. This feels like a fairly daunting task. Wouldn't it be great if I could just send the entire Jewish Diaspora Report podcast to all of the teachers in my school and suggest that they find a topic of interest or a connection they can make through the podcast to their course and use it in their class? Unfortunately, due to some reasons I'll discuss later, this is beyond impossible. My first thoughts for topics and resources that we could use is to ensure that we don't only speak about the Holocaust, since this unfortunately is commonly the only time students hear about Jews in school. Even though the Holocaust is incredibly important to the Jewish people and its history, especially for non-Jewish students to learn about, it is far from the most important element of the 5,000 years of Jewish history. So I set my sights on trying to figure out what elements I would want to show to students about Jewish history in order to give a quick overview of the Jewish people, who we are and where we come from, and how much we've impacted the world. Almost immediately, I hit a roadblock, one that many Jewish educators seem to hit. Where do I begin when I discuss Jewish history? In a previous podcast called The Judean Movement, we looked into why, for some reason, we Jewish people seem to always refer back to our grandparents' and great-grandparents' generation. By this, I mean when we speak about the Ashkenazi or Mizrahi Jews, we are identifying with a place that our parents or grandparents or even great-grandparents came from. Please go back and listen to that podcast for any more information on the topic. I began that podcast wondering why the Jewish people seem to always ignore our ties to the land of Israel and only pick up the story of Jewish history from Europe and North Africa, as if we somehow magically begun our culture and religion in those places. There were some ideas in that podcast as to why this is happening, but it isn't until now when I was trying to create these resources that I realized where it comes from. I myself almost fell into the trap of causing this to happen for my students in my own school. As an educator, I wanted to tell the story of the Jewish people, which includes where we come from, the land of Israel. But I immediately broke into a cold sweat. I wonder if any of my listeners can understand why. My first thought, sadly, when trying to present Jewish history, is how can I do this without mentioning Israel or our history in the Middle East? Why? Because as many of you probably have experienced in your life, the word Israel has become toxic in the Western world, especially among the left-leaning professions. I know for a fact that there are many students in my school from various backgrounds, including ones that come from the Middle East. Some, due to their unfortunate views on Israel from their families and history, would be incredibly offended by the mention of a Jewish presence in the Middle East. I was dumbfounded. No wonder most Jewish kids in the West have no connection to their ancestral homeland, because, unless they go to a Jewish school, they have probably never heard of Israel and its ties to the Jewish people, because it's a taboo topic in Western public education. I wonder, do any other teachers or people have to worry about this issue when they discuss their history? Do African teachers have to hide the fact that their ancestors came from Africa? Do people from the Caribbean or South America have to hide the fact that their people came from that region of the world? It dawned on me that the Jewish people are the very few that have to hide their history 
in order to not risk being offensive to other people. Even somewhat controversial histories like First Nations or Taiwanese people have happily spoken about their histories without worrying about offending people, those people who may disagree with the exact history or the slant in which they speak it. But the Jewish people are not able to speak about Israel and their history without being quote-unquote controversial. I guess this stems from the slow deterioration of the Jewish minority status among Western society, especially among the left. The education profession, from a macro level, tends to lean to the left and has adopted many leftist views, including the hate of Israel and the intentional blindness towards anti-Semitism. There's a push in education for all students to be represented in their school and to be able to feel safe to be themselves, apparently unless that representation offends someone else. Then, you need to hide who you are and what you believe. Why is it that Jewish existence is so insulting to others? It may be quicker to think about groups who don't get offended by Jewish history. But let's see who we're up against. First, and most obvious, would be those who hold anti-Semitic ideas. I'm sure that there are many people out there who would be offended by the Jews even having a heritage month of their own. You will get those who say something like, what do they need their own month for? And suggest that it's part of some sort of Jewish control of education, brainwashing their children. Their opposition to learning about Jewish history is obvious. The irony is, if they actually receive the education about the Jewish people, who they are, what they have offered to the world, along with how inaccurate the typical conspiracy theories are, maybe they wouldn't even be anti-Semitic. People on the left, or leftists, are also another group that we have to deal with. They may be insulted by the mere mention of Israel. If you've ever witnessed their anti-Israel hate, they often refuse to accept that Israel is even a country, and refer to it as Palestine, a name that actually has never really existed. There was the Roman region of Syria-Palestina, and the British region known as the Mandate of Palestine. Neither really had a people or a unique culture, or even a non-colonial leadership at the time. Even though this history is as clear as it can be, the left hates accepting that Israel was a thing, and that Israel is now a thing again. The left today prefers to cheer on the underdog and the most persecuted minorities. Unfortunately, the Jews are no longer seen as a persecuted minority due to their blindness about anti-Semitism. And therefore, Israel's existence now is oppressing the Palestinian people, the more minority of the two people. So since the left believes that Israel is an oppressor, celebrating the Jewish people who are also apparently a colonial oppressor is totally off limits in a public school. To the educational institutions, this is likely no different than a British student celebrating the history of colonizing North America and what they did to the First Nations. As a teacher, you cannot be seen as pushing pro-Jewish messages that support a Jewish state without fear of being accused of hating Palestinians, as if you cannot be supportive of the Jewish state without hating the Palestinian people as a whole. The left and their hate towards the Jewish people has always been the cause for one of the biggest issues of whitewashing, literally. The left likes to pretend that all Jews throughout history are white, aka European. We've discussed this issue many times on this podcast, especially during our earlier episode, Anne Frank's Jewish Privilege. The attempt to portray Jews as white supports their idea that the Jews are not Middle Eastern, and how they have no claim to the land in the Middle East, historically or currently. The left's censorship of education ensures that young people do not realize that Jewish people come in all colors and backgrounds. They completely ignore Sephardi, Mizrahi, and black Jews because it does not fit their attempt to remove the minority status from the Jewish people. So we definitely should stick to the European stories from the Middle Ages only. The next group I'll try not to make any assumptions about. Unlike the other groups who are fairly solidified in their views on the Jewish people in Israel, the Muslim students can obviously have a range of views towards Israel. However, in general, historically, there have been very few Muslim nations that have supported Israel and the Jews in the Middle East. 
Many Muslim nations, even if they mistreat Palestinian people themselves, have taken on the Palestinian cause in Israel in order to use it as a weapon for promoting anti-Semitism. It is very much a part of their government policies and educational systems. We shouldn't be surprised then if people who come from these countries hold strong views that have been taught to them over the years. Typically, these views may change over generations once the family has left that educational system. Although family culture can be a difficult thing to break, especially if Western public schools are unwilling to speak about the truth and the historical events to educate students on Jewish history, leaving only the home culture to teach students about where Jews come from. This is the concept behind Jewish Heritage Month. Although, if we are unable to tell the whole story due to fear of offending people with incorrect views, it will continue these misheld beliefs that the Jewish people have no history outside of Europe in the Middle Ages. The last group that I'll mention are the Christians, not because many of them are actively disliking Jews or Jewish history, even if some are actually taught that the Jewish people are the ones who killed Jesus. This, by the way, is historically untrue. Many Christians who actively dislike Jews would fall into the anti-Semitic category. What I'm referring to is that most Christians do not dislike Jews or Jewish history. They just have a very Western Christian-centered worldview, and Judaism and Jewish history is somewhat unimportant to the Western world. What all these groups seem to have in common is the fact that none of them really care to hear about Jewish history that includes Israel, the Jews' ancestral homeland. This made me realize why Jewish and non-Jewish students are receiving a very carefully manipulated and watered-down version of Jewish history in order to whitewash it for audiences who dislike the Jews and their connection to Israel. Why, as Jewish people, do we have to hide ourselves from the world to ensure that we do not offend the poor sensibilities of the people who hate us? No other culture or background is expected to do this. I can imagine the trouble I would get in to expose students to the real history of the Jewish people, beginning in the land of Judea. I'd be labeled a Zionist or anti-Palestinian activist for explaining the history of the Jews, no matter how realistic and historically accurate it is. I could choose to whitewash Jewish history to make it more palatable for those who wish we didn't exist and continue to perpetuate the myth that the Jewish people's history begins somewhere around the Holocaust. I cannot imagine any other person in the education system having to hide who they are or lie about their history in order to keep their haters happy. Imagine in this world of diversity and inclusion, an African educator being asked to teach students about their background without being able to talk about slavery. This is the life of a proud Jewish teacher who's been asked to educate young people on the history of the Jewish people, while ensuring to walk the line of not offending people who find my mere existence offensive and oppressive. One thing that I have not mentioned too much throughout this podcast is the issue of Zionism. It is, without a doubt, a terrible idea to speak about Zionism in a public school, since the United Nations and many Western left-leaning groups, along with Arab nations, have called Zionism racism. There is no way to bring up Zionism without offending Muslim students who believe it's synonymous with an apartheid, and the left who believes it's synonymous with colonialism at its best. But how do you even speak about Jewish history without speaking about one of the cornerstones of Jewish life for centuries, the desire to return home, to their ancestral homeland, and finally no longer fear anti-Semitism around the world. Clearly it is okay to speak about certain Jewish topics that are seen as non-controversial, but anything controversial, you better watch your back. In the end, the shunning of Israel and my heritage is the reason I cannot speak about my podcast amongst my colleagues at school, or frankly, even use my real name on this podcast. Sorry to break it to you all. As an educator of students who come from various backgrounds, I am expected to embrace all students' backgrounds and cultures. I put in great efforts to support students, 
including helping the Muslim students produce a video in order to show their fellow students what the meaning of Ramadan is, or creating a video with my black students in order to talk about issues that they're facing as African Canadians. Yet for me, I can't support myself, Jewish teachers, or our small Jewish community in our school by presenting Jewish history to our students. Because as much as the school board has set aside a month for Jewish heritage, clearly we cannot talk about Jewish history, at least the one that isn't manipulated or censored to make our haters happy. These are the exact people who need to hear, but never will. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time. Thank you.